Hey guys, welcome to the Edgy Podcast. Yes, it's no more called the Edgy Space, but the Edgy Podcast. I am super pumped for today's episode since it's our tenth episode, and this calls for a little celebration, doesn't it? Okay, so how about a little giveaway? Yeah, that's right. I've decided to do a small giveaway for all of you, uh, and one of you lucky listeners will get an awesome gift from my side. I am not revealing what gift, but yes, you will love it. That I'm sure um, about. So read the podcast description uh, by the end of this podcast to know how exactly you can win and how to participate in the contest. Now, coming back to our episode ten. Today's topic is how to build a successful career in UX design and professional art. Now, that's a heavy duty topic. Hence, we've got a heavy duty speaker with us too. She's a painter and a UX coach who has trained over a thousand design enthusiasts in the last seven years. She's co-founded a design agency called UX Gorilla. and also a design community called design jungle right now she's pursuing her career in professional painting and recently she did her first exhibition also wow that's a lot she is jagriti pande let's hear more about her talents directly from her now hey jagriti welcome to the edgy podcast you are my special guest since it's my 10th episode do you feel special <laughs> i do so thank you so much himanshi for having me and uh I just got to know you are my neighbor, so I am a little surprised that we never connected before. But yes, uh, you know, better late than never. And I'm so excited to be coming here and talking about, uh, you know, UX design, which I have been doing for some time, and also talk about arts, which is something which I have recently started pursuing. So yes, let's start. That see, that's the best uh, part about podcast recording. Podcast. I'm always meeting new people, and then I'm always. of finding out new things about them no matter how much research <laughs> i do but then there's always something new that i'm uh, finding out about them when i'm talking with you people right before the podcast and i absolutely love it also i'll see you on uh, your exhibition soon okay yes uh, <laughs> now so jagriti you have achieved so much uh, in your 20s only can you give us a sneak peek in your life like how did it all begin okay wow so um Okay, so about you know you mentioned that I achieved a lot in my twenties. Um, my thirties just started two years back, honestly. <laughs> But in my twenties, I was actually quite lost, honestly, because you know even now when I see a lot of people like you know people like you and there are other uh, students who I have taught and now they are doing great. I sometimes envy that because when I was you know probably. Twenty three, twenty four, and in fact, up till twenty five, I was very lost because I came from, um, you know, my parents were very supportive. Like I never had that issue that parents are not supportive or parents are saying that you have to pursue this or you have to only pursue that. Um, but it was just a matter of having no role models growing up. So my mom was a teacher, and you know, teaching was the most noble profession that I was aware of. my father had a white collar job he was a government official so both my parents had a very like you know a very um, routine sort of a job where they used to go to office there was a routine and it was nothing you know out of the box so to say everything was perfect and growing up i never really knew anybody who could be like an artist or who could be a designer i always had a knack for designing i always had a knack for creativity but i never really know knew that you know can you really make a career out of it like i used to think that you know artists are you know that hungry starving artist syndrome that's how you used to see artist so there was never a successful artist till date till date i do not know anybody in my family who has pursued design or art apart from me and you know it was quite different back then so after my 10th because i was a meritorious student i got good grades so i took science because that was like a right of the passage that's what you used to do right then i took up engineering because that's what everybody was doing so it's just i would say that at that time because i was less i was not that aware i did not have any role role models and probably i would say i was maybe not even that hungry i mean if i take the responsibility for that so i just went with the flow but there came a time when i was in my third year when i kind of realized that the problem is not engineering the problem is that i am not a good engineer it's probably with me and i am stuck at a wrong place because you know every day i used to go to the college and i had friends i used to have fun but i was literally not learning anything and i knew that 
there is something which in which i am really good at and that was art that was creativity that was literature that's what you know my thing was i always wanted to pursue it and then i started because now i had access to internet as well so you know i literally one day i typed on the computer like you know on my um, on the google explorer i actually wrote that what can you do if you are if you want to do something in arts and you are you do not have a bachelor's degree in it something of that sort i actually typed it and then i got to know that there is a masters program you know in design which you can pursue and that is also a segue into doing something in the field that i was interested in and then i became like very serious about it uh, engineering actually like you know was so uh, heavy on me i took a year break i'm very fortunate that my parents through throughout they supported me like they never really uh, nudged me into taking up a job they were like okay fine you want to take a year break take it we know we trust you you will come up and come up with something and you'll do great then i got into nift and nift is a place where i actually for the very first time i realized that you know there is something in which i can really do well so that is where i found a place where i belonged in engineering also i never flunked or i never failed but i really started questioning myself i thought i'm am i dumb why don't i get it you know have you seen that movie tare zameen pe in which there is uh, that kid who doesn't understand anything and you know that kid self doubts i was that person in an in engineering college but at nift things were very different it was just like any other college there were faculties the faculties of course they had issues with you all those things were there but you know that is where i found out about ido i i realized that okay design can make an impact the work that you're doing it can have a significant impact the concepts around accessibility universal design um i did all that and two years like i had the most fun they were the most grueling years of my life i had like so many sleepless nights juries exams it was really tough but i loved it every bit of it i found myself i discovered so many things about myself and that is where you know it actually started after my college i uh, did not take up a job i straight away uh jumped into entrepreneurship for that i have to thank um aman who is now my husband at that time he was my business partner and best friend i started my venture with him and you know that's how it all actually started but to tell you the truth himanshi like till 25 25 is when i graduated from nift for the good like you know till i was 25 i really had no idea about what i'm doing and there are still days when i see you know kids in their 20s and when they come to me and say that we want to do ux but we are so lost and we don't know if we'll make a career um i feel uh, a little funny in the sense that you know i mean at 20 they had that much awareness i feel so happy that they have that clarity and i sometimes wonder why are they even worrying so that's one aspect of it and sometimes i even envy that that i'm so like you know they have such clarity such good clarity about life and um that's an amazing thing right so i now because i had suffered from all that lack of knowledge awareness etc i took it as a personal mission that i will actually um teach whatever i know of so i think within 2 3 years of maybe even just 2 years into my entrepreneurship is when i started a community and since then i have been actively teaching as well and now i am like you know as you already said i have moved like even um i'm not doing the design agency anymore actively but teaching is something that i actively do and probably will do for the lifetime so yeah this is where you know i am uh, i am at right now that is awesome jagriti i'll tell you why i can relate to so much of it because i am 26 soon um, going to be 27 and i still have no clue about what am i doing why am i doing <laughs> and what am i going to do um uh, but i have tried to find my peace with it i have tried to find that okay i yeah. just have to try out things that i'm feeling like doing right now and let's just see mm-hmm. if they're working out or if they're not working out um um uh, but i know that's very tough now you're talking about kids in 20s um uh, well i am very active on twitter and there are teenpreneurs that's like an official term <laughs> over there they're like 
13 yeah. and 14 year old kids who have startups who are doing so freaking well like fomo is real <laughs> but <laughs> but somehow i i try to uh, you know keep away from that because if if you give into fomo then i don't think you're going to make yeah. any good out of it um and the reason i started this podcast is also because i saw a lot of people like that a lot of college students school students recent graduates struggling with what to do with life the constant yeah. talking about and asking questions what is the purpose of our life and i'm like guys which is being too bookish life is meant to be lived and explored not everything has to have a exactly. certain goal um and so because the like my twitter spaces i thought okay let me just take up these questions that are extremely relevant to my audience um on twitter and uh, bring in some amazing guest speakers like yourself and uh, talk about them just just share the knowledge with people who really need it and uh, help people that was the entire motive behind it um, and i i really try that i'm able to take this further uh, like from 10 to 100 as well <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so that was a really inspiring uh, story Jagriti because honestly I used to think that okay yeah this girl I would always feel so inspired by you I'd be like oh my god just look at this girl she's doing such an amazing work and I'm doing nothing <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so actually thanks and it feels good also to listen that okay you were also at that place once. <laughs> Yeah. So I am there. You know. So everybody has different phases right now, right? So, um, you know, very recently I participated in an art workshop, and there I was like a novice. You know, there were people who were because they had like a pedigree in art, for example, and these were the people who were participating, and they were quite young. So that thing sometimes that does kick off, right? So. because you have achieved something in life and then you go back and that is where i think the value of learning also comes to place because it really makes you humble so you know i have this theory i don't know i mean if it's um, relevant or useful to everybody but i have this theory that at all times in your life you must be learning at least one thing from someone you know in terms of active learning because first learning should never stop second i think when you are a student like when you are learning something you need to have a lot of humility and it does come right so in my art class like which I, which i took recently there was a workshop i was one of the youngest artist with respect to the year of experience that i had because it it's not been even one year since i professionally started doing art and i was really young in that way and it makes you so much humble that you realize okay jagriti you need to learn a lot right now right because there's so much that you need to learn so i think learning is something which should never stop and for me right now i am there like i there are days when i'm lost when i am given a client is giving me a brief about like you know this is the kind of art that i want and they are they are giving me these words or these emotions that they want my art to evoke and sometimes i am at loss you know seeing a blank canvas is the most horrifying thing and you work around it so there are days i still struggle so with every phase i think like wherever you are whenever you're starting something new it doesn't matter whether you are 20 30 60 or 80 you're always going to be fearful and i would say in one aspect i am still that you know that um that college kid who is equally lost at sometimes there are still times when i feel that way that's beautifully put uh, jagriti um i'll i'll take two points from there i think one is that we need to accept the fact that it is all right to feel lost um, every now and then in mm-hmm. life because if you're not feeling that thing then maybe you're just uh, stuck um, probably um, uh, on a hamster wheel or in a routine and you're not doing something yeah. new um and second would be continuous learning so that is something that mm. that has helped me also so whenever I, whenever i feel like i'm stuck with something or that i have no purpose no clue i start uh, learning about something and it could be absolutely different from whatever is relevant to me right now maybe i'd be mm. learning about some sort of math um uh, instead of uh, something about digital marketing but it's just that okay whenever you start learning about something you suddenly feel a rush of um, i don't know i don't know adrenaline and you start to feel very confident and very positive about it all of a sudden i mean that ha- that is something that happens to me i'm not sure about um, you or everybody else but i feel that learning definitely gives you a good pump to take things forward um okay absolutely amazing 
Now that's a good uh, base to build and we can probably shift towards a couple of questions. So I always ask some questions for my guest speakers. Um, so let's <laughs> just begin with that. All right. Um, so Jagriti, I know that you've been very passionate about UX design and more so about teaching uh, about UX design. And yeah. um, I have read how you talked about that your teaching methods um, are more unconventional and more practical at UX Gorilla. So can you tell us how exactly do you ensure that for, for your clients? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Himanshi. And thank you for asking that because, you know, I um, I never really get an opportunity to like reflect as in well, while I'm speaking and talk about that. So, um, so for me, you know, I was very fortunate in the sense that I do have some design pedigree because I did go to a design college for two years and um, I learned a lot. But there are things which, you know, nobody really taught me. Like there were things which you would suppose, uh, you would suppose or you'll imagine that will be taught to you, but they're not, right? So when I came out of the design college, just like anyone who has gone through, you know, an experience and, you know, who, who has passed something which is of value, I kind of also had a chip on my shoulder. And I used to think that I know better, you know? So if, if a client is saying something inside, I would not tell it to them on their face, but inside my head, I was like, Oh, oh, you don't know this. Let me tell you how it's done. I had that attitude. And sometimes, you know, you don't even know what you don't know. I was in that place. But eventually I realized that there's something which is not working out. So for me, uh, when I, I, I went through a lot of reflection, got a lot of feedback, sometimes went through like really bad, um, you know, client deliveries as well. And when all that happened, I realized that one thing, which is the basis of everything that you do in your life and everything that you do in any aspect any area of your life is communication I feel so sad that as kids like growing up in our school we are not taught how to communicate how to articulate how to have negotiations how to speak how to respect how to gain empathy these are the skills which are so fundamental and we've got it so wrong because our parents are also not equipped because they're also the product of the same, you know, education system. They are not equipped with it. So um, we don't learn it from them. Um, then, you know, we don't learn those skills in the school. We don't learn these skills in uh, when we go to the college. We don't learn these skills. Many people actually went go through their entire career and not even once realizing that everything is right the problem is with communication so that was one thing which I when I started teaching I realized that that is something which I am going to make sure that my students get right the second thing Imanshi what I kind of really was bullish on teaching and I still do is emotional intelligence right so emotional intelligence of course communication is an extension of emotional intelligence but like, you know, how intelligent you are emotionally, like, let's say if there's a teammate who is not performing well, um, can you really sense what is going on in their world? Uh, it's a known fact that if you know a person, if you really like them, like, I'll ask you a question, who is the one person in your family or within, not in your family, in your life, uh, you would never mind, even if they say something very harsh or critical to you, who is that person in your life? that you can take like the most uh, critical feedback from them and you would still not mind it. Who, who will be that person in your life? Right now, the first name that comes to my head um, is my best friend. Her name is Richa Bora. I'll tell you why, because mm -hmm. I'll tell you very, very um, explicitly why only her. I am kind of an adamant human being um, and uh, she is like 15 years elder to me. She's my best friend and she's 15 years elder to me. I met her in the uni. Um, and because I feel that she has much more life experience than me. That is the yeah. only reason I listen to her. I yeah. go to her with all of my queries. Yet at the same time, a lot of times, like 70% of the times, I do not agree or do whatever she tries to tell me, even when I know that she's right. Because I just tell her that, mm -hmm. no, Richa, I am constrained by my age here. I would... I know that I might do it wrong, but I wouldn't need to experience it. But then again, uh, the answer to your question would be richer. And the sole reason is that because 
not because of a career her work or anything else in the world i exactly. i am not somebody who would listen to a lot of people and take advices from a lot of people unless i really feel that okay they are legitimate to give me that kind of advice and um, because she has experienced a lot of things in life um and uh, that is the that is the sole reason i listen to her about these things wow and how much time have you spent with her like how, for how many years do you know her okay so i met her in 2016 let's say just 2017 it was like 5 years oh. or so yeah amazing so okay great so the reason why i asked you this iman she is you know it's for you it's your best friend for most of the people uh it's their best friends or it's their parents for me also it's my parents and my brother and my husband like these are the four people they can say anything to me and i would always in the back of my mind think that okay they must have some good intentions right so the point is that usually the people the, the feedback you're most more receptive to the feedback when one you think that the person is equipped to give you feedback so they have certain authority over you which in your case you mentioned that you know this person had more life experience also you take feedback from people who you genuinely know and third you like to take feedback from people in you know in in whose presence you don't feel judged that you know that okay even if they are being critical right now they're still not judging me as a person right so that is when you have all these conditions met that is when you feel comfortable talking or take you know talking to somebody or even for that matter take feedback now imagine you go in a company and you know let's say you hired somebody and they are not good at the job the first second day and you immediately start giving them feedback and you know without really knowing that they might be having a bad day there might be some issues going on and there might actually be some uh, gap in the skills so if only you had known more about them if only you took you know um, made an effort to actually know where you can support them they will themselves agree more to your feedback they'll actually listen to your feedback more now if you reverse the situation if i am in an organization and you know there might be times when i the deadlines are really bad or uh, i really need i don't think i can deliver a project but i never really took an effort to make a relationship like apart from work in general just knowing about the person just knowing okay what are their uh, ambitions uh this person what makes this person looks good in front of you know what makes my boss look good in front of his or her boss if i'm not taking those efforts if i'm not investing in you know these people if i'm not doing anything for them how can i ever negotiate a project deadline i'll tell you manshi with me i have never you know once i onboarded a client i have almost every time i have negotiated deadlines and the clients have always almost understood because i kind of really i was very bullish on building relationships with my clients and that's the part of emotional intelligence which means that sometimes i've gone above and beyond but there were times when my clients have gone above and beyond for me and i'll tell you one instance you know recently i one of my student he when he joined my uh, cohort he was struggling a lot in his career and it has nothing to do with his skills it's just that he was invisible in his organization the boss they did not like you know uh, they did not take his uh, opinion on anything and the design decisions were shoved down his throat he was just told what to do and he never felt really good about it and then i asked him okay this person that you're talking about do you know what their role is what do they do in the organization who is their boss what will make him feel good etc etc and you know the student himself realized that oh god i never really took uh, make made an effort or took that much pain to really know this person who i'm blaming that they are not doing anything for me and then he just started building his influence through actually you know talking to them by being more emotionally intelligent i take that entire thing and right now he is the lead uh, of that company he has the entire design you know department and all that happened in 7 months his skills are still the same nothing changed in terms of his skills you know his software skills or his design skills the only thing that changed was how he is now with the people and he has got like within the span of 7 months he has gained so many accolades in terms of recognition in terms of money in terms of bonus in terms of promotion so you know that is something which i wish that people are taught like really early in their life so i always try to teach that i 
and you'll be surprised uh, there's a class and this is a signature class that i take master class on empathy um i recently took that class for mrs india pageant can you believe it like that's the same class that i take for my corporate uh, you know design teams and wow i didn't want to interrupt content, you everything everything yeah i don't want to interrupt you so i'm sorry but when you said like oh my god this is dope i i am loving it i mean that's crazy yeah please go ahead i just yeah, want to say so, that yeah i thought there's some noise in my you know there's some construction work going on outside yeah so the same content himanshi i did not even changed anything maybe just some instances or some you know examples that i shared but same content is relevant for you know uh the pageant for miss india and mrs india i was teaching there and there there were moms who said that they tried this thing with their kids and now their relationship has improved i had a student in my design cohort last year who said that based on what she learned she did some experiments within her home and her relationship with her in-laws really improved so that's i mean it's not even about design honestly it's emotional intelligence so that is what i am very interested in teaching to my students i really want my students to be good human beings and i always tell this to my students that i have not met anybody who is a good designer but is not a good human being um if you want to be a designer you really need to know the world of other person and once you start knowing that you really become you do become a nice human like you know people will start talking to you will really like you so these are i think two things which i believe are unconventional because i even though i went to design college i never had that in my experience all the students that i have taught this is what they tell me so my reviews it's very funny that the reviews that i read um most of them are around you know the testimonials that i get are around how it changed them as you know i think comes of character traits that is where they find that they shifted the most that they have become more attuned to the people around them and once you do that then whatever you do in your life you are going to succeed and for designers it's a must skill right and the third of course is research which i think i have some tricks and tips to do it in a more optimum way and to do it in a way which is more financially you know responsible for the organization as well that is again something which goes back to how we are raised we are really not like you know especially in the indian society uh not everybody has this entrepreneurial mindset so when people go into organization uh they don't go with that intention of serving you know so as a ux designer you are serving your user but what about the business who is going to give you dhanda right you have to think about that as well so that is also something that i like to equip my students with that your first user is the business i mean as a designer your first user is the business you have to make the business sustain so think like your design decisions must also impact business in a good way so these are i think few things which i believe are unconventional and uh, actually very positive impact of the search guide okay uh, so now that is indeed a very unconventional way of talking about design thinking about design um and because i have seen people have run agencies about everything like design agencies digital marketing agencies and there they just uh, probably teach you the skills the hard skills but i have tweeted about this i have done spaces about this i have always talked about this and said that soft skills uh they don't come with an expiry date as hard skills do you can get a job via your uh, uh, work skills hard skills but soft mm-hmm. skills uh are something that is that are going to take you to another level in that particular organization and that or or in your life per se and uh, i might need to take one of your classes because i'm not sure if i'm very good at my people skills sometimes i feel that i am terrible at them <laughs> okay uh, uh, let's just i am not just... like 100% there i think myself but yes i mean of course you both welcome and this always scope for learning right i still sometimes when i give feedbacks i kind of do reflections on my conversations and there are few relationships which are so tricky i think i also struggle there are some um you know people or some relationships in your in your life also where you just don't know what to do and you have to still live with them and you still have to be like the bigger person sometimes but sometimes you're not able to so yeah i think we all are learning that way i think uh, a lot of our listeners would be able to relate th- with this right now because i think it sounds 
a little bit like okay you and your relationship with your relative <laughs> um and to be honest you will not believe but today only like like an hour ago i sent this audio to my best friend richa on whatsapp and i literally asked her uh, about how to deal with some people that i cannot ignore and i really don't want to tarnish the relationship with them but uh, i know myself and i kind of have a temper I'm like please tell me how to do it um so i completely get what you're trying to say and i think a lot of people who are listening to us right now would be able to relate with it also i like uh, to ask my listeners that guys just just leave a feedback or a comment and tell me if uh what do you think about my people skills am i am i getting there or am i like too terrible just just don't be too savage with it okay <laughs> okay really good himanshi <laughs> i never really felt for once that uh, you have a problem but uh, i guess like we all know where we can grow so yeah i mean it's good that you want to grow in that area yeah or maybe when i when i'll have kids i'll <laughs> reach to you reach out to you I really feel that I need it then. Anyways, that is a far fetched dream. Um. Okay. So now, going back uh, to talking about design and training and learning. So now that you have uh, explained the process um, pretty clearly, and now your results speak for themselves. So there's no doubt about that. But um, I know that you provide trainings for all levels of individuals. For example, a, a beginners. professionals organizations so how do you distribute your cohort um, basis on that okay so by the way there is a background sorry i didn't get it himanshi yeah yeah you're there i think you're on mute i'm on what acha you were on mute actually abhi na bahut shor aa raha tha tumhe aaya shor ya was it okay no i could hear it right <laughs> yeah so yeah, guys who are I... listening there's some uh, construction going on at uh, jagriti's neighbor's house so please bear with the noise um but i think yeah. we we are good with the conversation so yeah amazing okay yeah it just started the moment i decided to start there i don't know so, do we have a camera at uh, your place about the cohort distribution <laughs> yeah i'll speak now yeah so about the cohort distribution himanshi so basically um i don't have like you know separate cohorts for each level uh but what i promise like my promise is that you grow you go from an aspiring ux designer to a ux professional that's what i'm promising so every skill that you need to become a ux professional uh in terms of how you should feel mentally to how it, your resume should look like to how you should project yourself how you should be approaching companies uh, what all your portfolio should have i am covering that so i start from somebody who is a beginner to making them into a professional right so that's what my promise is uh, what i've seen over the recent years is that there are people who are product product managers for example for them they are not looking for a job but they really want a skill upgrade so it's a course which is equally good for them similarly there are people who are in ui or who are in graphic designing now they want to transition into something which is you know ux or maybe they want to transition into product uh this is one kind of training that i do and then there is uh, corporate trainings of course where i work with teams like design teams i i did a cohort with a very reputed health tech company and i was uh, i was actually teaching their entire um, design team of 30 30 40 odd people and which included product designer product uh, managers interns and sometimes even engineering managers the design head everybody coming together on thursdays and taking the 3 hour sessions and i did it with them for 5 months so that's also the kind of trainings that i do right now i am in the process of actually uh, breaking it down into smaller courses so that let's say if somebody wants to do only research if they just want to learn about research and if somebody just want to learn about you know communication for example as a designer so right now i'm working on few courses where now they will be able to take these individual or shorter courses as well uh, but yeah like the main thing that till now where i am it's these two kind of trainings that i do and as i said you know the ux design as a concept like 
this is what it is like you need you need to know how to uh, take requirements essentially you need to learn about the requirements about the challenge and everything that you need to know to know about the challenge will include sometimes prototyping sometimes will include doing research so everything that you need to know to gather the requirements then everything that you need to know in order to build something and then everything that you need to know in order to test it out so these are like you know the three main buckets and then everything in between is covered um so yeah that's what i mainly teach and the same principles apply everywhere in different contexts in different ways that that's awesome that makes a lot of sense um i think the core um of the things remain the same no matter what level uh, you are at currently in your work in your life because after yeah. a point yeah. um it kind of becomes like <laughs> mundane and you need something extra to break out of it and to maybe reach another level okay uh so that uh, is good to go about this no moving ahead let's just talk about the thing that you're doing right now so i have seen some of your paintings jagriti on uh, what your whatsapp <laughs> status and they are a marvelous piece of art where did you learn it i mean did, did you learn it professionally somewhere or you just had a knack for it how did it happen and then <laughs> yeah tell me thank you thank you manshi so yeah i mean that's what an artist live for right <laughs> validation <laughs> just kidding i'm i'm like thank you so much for actually uh, saying that it really means the world to me because uh, for the longest time i would say that i have lived inside a closet in the way that i was a closeted artist so um i really never thought that you know you can be this and you can be that so i thought that if i'm a designer or if i'm an entrepreneur that's the one thing that people will remember me by and then i cannot confuse them or i cannot tell them that hey i also do painting or i also do paintings professionally so for a very long time i kind of hid it now i'm proudly out and saying that i am a painter so thank you for first of all for um, acknowledging it and praising it it means the world to me now coming back to the training thing i never really took any formal training but um four years back i guess when um, as i said right so i reached a point where i thought that i really need to learn something because i was um i was building a very successful business and you know when you are a when you're a boss in a way that it's very lonely sometimes just to be like you know you are somebody who is everybody is looking at you and you are supposed to dispense wisdom all the time and inside you you know that you know there's no wisdom i am just figuring it all out so uh, there was a time when i was doing my business i realized that i really need to go back to learning something because i'm not really learning anything and it was around 2017 when my towards the end of the 2017 when my mom also retired from her job so i have a very interesting you know uh, journey where i came back to art was actually for my mother so when my mom retired she was a teacher and um, and my dad also retired the same year so we were moving to a new place and i really did not want for one moment for my parents to feel that now they're getting old because uh, from their generation what i have seen is that people usually take retirement and then they start feeling that now they are not good they are old now you know they are not uh, good enough for work they are not good enough for anything and then the health deteriorates i did not want that for my parents so i my mom always used to paint in fact it's from her that i got this creative side so i i kind of you know uh, convinced my mom that you have to start painting and if you will paint i'll paint alongside you now my mom loves me so much and she knew that i really wanted to paint for a long time and i want to learn something new she also said that okay if you will paint then i will paint so we got into this together and i actually hired a teacher like i hired a tutor for her and i used to just sit alongside whenever her classes were going on i used also used to sit with her so we actually did it for each other but it was so good because both of our art actually became better so my mom also paints now she is like really good at it so we did this uh, kind of teaching uh, sorry this kind of coaching with a teacher who used to come to my place and we used to do once a week sort of a thing and it it was for one year that we did it then you know covid etc all these things happened but you know in that one year we kind of found our comfort with the brushes like that 
in hindi you say jhijak that hesitation that i had that what will be the outcome i really got over it plus i got into a learner mindset i was a student when you are sitting in front of a teacher my art teacher was not very old you know to me but he was like really articulate in his feedback and everything and i realized there's so much to learn right so that also made me really humble and it kind of left that mark on me that i have to keep growing from here now i cannot sit and when covid happened you know i always used to question myself i realized i've built this huge company but at the end of the day all i wanted was to paint and my excuse always was that let me do this thing you know let me just make this thing bigger when i'll reach this milestone that is when i'll start doing um, art professionally but i realized it's never going to happen that way so i have to start now so that's when it happened so i have i think the same thing happened with my mom now my mom is also uh, you know she's very open to taking commission she has done some commission work herself so art was something which i did for my mom and my mom did for me and we both grew together so yeah that's where you know i kind of entered into art and i started doing painting now i can see why you are the perfect person for being a coach for emotional intelligence jagriti and people skills <laughs> you are too good at it you negotiated with your mom um yeah uh, i think that is a wonderful way of putting it i, I don't think a lot of people think like that uh, my parents do not uh, belong to um, a sector like a government sector my mom's a housewife uh, and my dad works in real estate but uh the thing that you see that that you're saying you know them them growing old as they're too growing up um i also made a tweet about this i mean that is uh, a very i don't know of sad kind of realization but at the same time trying to take a step forward yourself and pushing your parents or something to take care of themselves more to take care of them of their health more rather than just you know uh giving it all up and thinking that okay now we're just growing old so it's meant to be it's meant yeah. to be like that um and it's like a constant argument between me and my mother as well <laughs> um but yes um i think i'm going to take a thing or, or two from you there um all right so that worked out beautifully for you you know learning with your mom and then uh, getting some projects to hone your skills because when you start working for for others you really are challenged in your skills and you are forced to upskill yes. you're forced to deliver your best results and that is when you get the most real feedback as well so i am very happy to see that you have uh, taken this plunge to uh, transition into something that you've always loved doing um but i'm sure with every transition that comes especially such a big transition there comes a lot of challenges it's never easy as you said you know coming out of the closet um so you must have faced a lot of or at least a few of um, very very difficult challenges as well so how did you tackle them can you just name like one or two of your biggest challenges during this transition and how you tackled them a <laughs> uh, great question himanshi so i think um okay so um for a very long time i have looked externally right so in terms of i am not able to pursue this because this did not happen because my in my school you know uh, in my in, in the school that i went to there was no um, there was not an art teacher or there was no enough exposure things like that i've looked externally a lot in my life but now um it's a realization that has hit me in few like i think in past few years i've realized that the biggest challenge i personally have faced i'm not saying it's true for everybody i know there are people who are in real dire uh, you know situations there are people in toxic environment and all that is true for them for me the biggest biggest challenge has been myself like you know making myself convinced or making uh, coming out of that mindset myself that how am i ever going to uh, you know tell people that i am going to to not do ux anymore or i am not a ux designer anymore but i am now a painter i am going to i have this good thing going and i am making money but i am not happy doing it now i want to do art professionally how am i ever going to convince people so you know it's when 
you know these questions now if it's happening to a third person you can very objectively from a third person perspective you can see and you can say that who cares but when you are in that situation it's really hard for me that was the biggest thing to say that you know i really want to do art i have tried this money thing i've tried making money and i it's good i enjoyed it but I, there's something which is missing i feel a void i am when i'm not painting it's how do i even explain it himanshi like you know if you ask any artist it physically hurts when you're not making art you know it physically hurts it's very weird i'm not saying it any i'm not saying it poetically or metaphorically but the days when i do not paint or i do not make art it hurts me physically and for me that was the biggest challenge that there is something which i really love to do but i have this thing going which is going great now what do i choose or do i choose or what do i do with it so that kind of you know mental um your personal hell i call it i was living in that so that was a challenge of and also for me you know uh, it was especially you know when uh, when covid happened um and also i got married the same year like i had i got covid after my wedding actually so last year especially was very hard for me in the sense that i transitioned into a new home i've never left uh, lived uh, away from my parents or from 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 my home for that matter so for me transitioning into a different environment a different home and also transitioning into my career and going through all these questions was a really kind of challenging thing for me i know i sound very privileged when i say it <laughs> because i had everything taken care of because i have worked hard for it like for 7 years 6 years i had a good runway i had money and everything i know when i say it i'm very privileged in that sense so i would say my challenge was very internal my challenge was with myself that how do i uh what do i project myself as what do i do when i don't uh you know get any commission work and what if money doesn't come in what if i fail uh, what if people make fun of me what will i tell you know i've just moved into a new home and um what what do i tell my in-laws what would they think of me all these things you know they are all very internal to me um nobody was saying anything nobody has said anything but that mental thing i don't know if people relate to it i know that within my circles everybody goes through that for me that was weird it's like you can say that i was going through a midlife crisis in my you know early 30s i would say so it was that sort of feeling very existential question that what am i doing now as i say again you can only talk about these existential questions when you have the privilege if you do not have food on your a plate and you are hungry in your stomach of course you cannot talk about these things i am very fortunate i realize the privilege that i have that i had the privilege of you know taking a break thinking reflecting all that but that's why i say my struggle was mostly internal and i am still sorting that out i am still taking help where i can i have taken help from uh, you know people who are counselors um you know all sort of help i do take that because it's needed i have my coaches people who have been my mentors and i think now i am in a much better uh, state of mind but i was not here definitely i was not here so yeah that is what i will say about my struggle wow you have mentioned some real life problems there i we do not i actually at least i don't get to hear about them as often on twitter because people are literally talking about a uh, very superficial things very early in their life um but these things that you have just mentioned are absolutely real and real life problems real life scenario and or uh, dealing with them you don't have all of things under your control all the time and at the same time being able to accept and acknowledge your privilege i think that is a huge thing a lot of people don't do that i try to do it as much as possible um so i think that is one fine way of looking at it that okay you acknowledged your problems you you looked within yourself and then you were open to seeking help a lot of people do not uh, are not uh, willing to reflect um, uh, you know uh, upon their actions or um, what really is going on uh, inside of them and then they're absolutely not open to taking any help from outside and that is how they lead to a burnout or yeah. it's like a constant struggle so i think 
I cannot say that I completely understand when you say that, okay, it physically hurts when you're not painting, but I can try <laughs> and relate it with something that's absolutely important in my life because I have felt it too yeah. when you're not able to explain it to the other person and it sounds absolutely unreasonable to the other person. But I absolutely understand that how much possible it is and how it really happens. Um, so yeah, so kudos to you for being able to come out and pursue what you really wanted to because making a huge transition in life is never easy. Um, and you yeah. have done it successfully. And I wish you all the best for everything that's going to come forward. <laughs> I am sure you're going to make like amazing things out of it. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Imanshi. It means so much to me. You're welcome. Okay. Now, uh, finally, going back a bit to the UX design thing, I'm sure a lot of uh, our listeners right now would be thinking that, are you going to make a comeback to UX design, like getting into the agency? <laughs> Yeah, so agency is not happening right now because uh, it's kind of a done and dusted thing. I've had good run. I really enjoyed uh, doing services. But right now, I'm not really planning to come back and do UX design services. But yes, teaching is something which is very, very, very dear to me. And uh, especially like the things that I talked about that I like to teach. So I am right now in a process of um, making it more accessible making it more uh, scalable. So I am working out few things on the background as well. And hopefully by the end of the year, I will be, uh, I'll have more solid, you know, um, products, so to say, you know, maybe uh, a place where all these courses will be there. Uh, I am working on few collaborations as well. Because see, if you have, I have had, you know, gained some experience and I have all this content which is just with me, right? So what would I possibly do with it if I'm not sharing it? That's one of my guilts, actually. So I am right now working out a way through which I can give it, you know, uh, make it more accessible to anybody who's interested. So yeah, I'll, I'll not make a comeback in the UX design services, at least for now. And for teaching, yes, I'm working out uh, on a few more things. But you never know, like it says, you know, it, it is said that you never say never. So yeah, you never know. No, that's fair because you've already got a lot of things on your plate and trying out something new is, I think it always gives yeah. you pump and you should always keep on trying out new things. All right. Now, finally, any tips for uh, our listeners who are UX enthusiasts to cut through the noise and, you know, to stand out in the crowd? Okay, that's a great question, Himanshi. So, uh, I will I will talk from the perspective of the recruiters because I think the question is how do you cut through the crowd? So you cut through the crowd to be in front of the recruiter, right? The person who's going to hire you. So I really want you to, you know, whenever you are writing something or whenever you are making a piece of content for your portfolio or anything, just really try to put yourself in their shoes and see that how can you make it easy for them to select you? See, these people who are hiring you, they really want somebody to be hired. That's the number one thing. Now, think of it from this perspective that if you were to hire somebody, what are the things that you will look for? What are the things that you will look for in a case study, in a portfolio, in a LinkedIn profile? The moment you switch your you know, perspective that this way, trust me, if you go to your LinkedIn profile, you'll start seeing a lot of loopholes. I have seen that there are people who say they want to be, you know, UX designer, but in on their LinkedIn, they don't have anything that shows their aptitude for it, right? They've not updated it. And everybody knows that LinkedIn is the first place that people see you or, you know, recruiters are going to see you. You've done no effort there. Similarly, there are so many designers who want to be designer, but their thing, they, they start with this thing that uh, I don't have a background in design. I am an engineer. I want to transition. That's a very victim sort of a, you know, mindset. Why not go with a, go with a learner mindset, tell them that, Hey, I, I did engineering. This is what I learned from my engineering and all these learnings are now uh, I will now apply in my design and see this is what I've done. So such a, like, you know, just a change of perspective. 
so i would say that first of all just have that intention of like really make the job of try to think from the perspective of the recruiter try to think that if you were recruiting a designer what would you want in a person you would want them to have good skills you would want to be somebody that people will genuinely like to have around these are the things that you want right so be that person first of all second i think um every case study every problem that you've picked up it's all very contextual so please do not uh you know i have a like literally i i'm very salty about those you know those process diagram which is like design thinking ka ye framework hota hai you know that's what they do i was in a design college and himanshi like design thinking was a module that we learned for four semesters and i still feel that i still don't know it enough it is such a deep thing and then i see people making these you know in the portfolio they'll write this is empathize phase can you really stop empathizing after that phase is over i mean i find it really funny right so what i'm trying to say is don't go with these frameworks every problem is different you never know that for your case uh the project might actually start from testing what if i tell you that you know um there can be an approach where you have a product you test it first then you figure out what the problem is and then you rework on it why do you always have to work in the same way that first you will you know um learn from the customer you will do user interviews then you will build something then you will test so every problem is different i would say that think of your problem and then really like apply some common sense to it uh, not every you know design problem can have same solution try different approaches and really document it well and um, at the same time include a executive summary very practical thing include an executive summary at the start so that the person knows what they are looking at if there is something which um you know i see that people are putting their personas their hand sketches their wireframes everything on that one case study uh out there in the front it's a 20 30 page long case study nobody has that sort of time so if anything that doesn't uh is not serving well you can put it inside a hyperlink so if it's needed somebody can access it if not you know that's that's okay too so these are some small things and like always start keep thinking about if i was recruiting what would i want to see what would i want and most importantly you know in the design assignments when you are doing your you know if you go through the design assignments ask questions a lot of them if you've got a design assignment if there's something you do not understand ask questions because this is something i tell my students as well that of course you are hired for your skills but you are also hired for your attitude so the time from the time when somebody has you know sent you a message that we like your linkedin profile uh, if interested please apply or from the time you have sent them a mail till the time you actually uh, get inside an organization or till the time you get that final interview every time you are assessed also for your communication you are also assessed for your aptitude for your attitude right so use these opportunities to ask question to show them that you are inquisitive to be more curious uh, in the interview ask them questions interview them of course be polite but ask them questions who will be mentoring me what kind of projects do you work on what can what can i learn you know where can i learn more about the company where can i learn more about the projects uh, what is the last project that you delivered what is the biggest project that you delivered all these things like generally try to be interested and then you will be interesting right so you will be interesting when you are interested that's something that you really need to remember so uh, if you have been given an assignment design assignment make sure you are asking if you don't understand something ask if you think the timeline is too less negotiate the timeline all these small small instances are actually opportunities to create a connection so please use that wisely and yeah i mean these are the things which i would say that just try them i've seen them working and they might work for you as well wow you just talked like a true ux recruiter over there now this is the jaggery <laughs> that i was talking about and you literally gave in a lot of tips here to people that okay now i don't think that they really need to think uh, like a recruiter themselves because i don't think that it's possible all the time but yes listening to yeah. one also makes a huge difference uh just the way that people who are listening to us right now listening to you must have made notes um uh, 
um, of the points that you have mentioned. Also, um, I so agree with the, the points that you have shared. Uh, I've also taken down like a lot of notes from there and I've got like a couple of um, Twitter thread ideas and quotes. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll give you your uh, name. Uh, what do you call that? Okay, like PC thingy over there. Okay, <laughs> now talking about LinkedIn. Uh, so I completely agree because even when I'm using more of Twitter these days, so, but LinkedIn is not something that is, um, going to be replaced by any other social media platform yeah. least, uh, uh, in the near future because recruiters uh, are looking at your LinkedIn profile as at first or maybe like the only social media platform they're seeing that legitimate enough to know more about you uh, and to know more about your work and that is the reason that I've done like two two podcasts um, on this topic um, like just prior to this episode. Um, so people who haven't heard them yet can go and listen to them. Also, guys, so that was an awesome conversation with Jagriti. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but yes, this is one of my favorite episodes by far. <laughs> Jagriti, I love every bit of talking with you and I can literally go on talking to you for the entire day, but it's like almost an hour. Even when I said that, I'll try to wind it up in like 20 minutes. <laughs> but okay, I can't help it. It's just so good that <laughs> I had to keep it going. Um, all right, guys. So whoever is listening to us right now, if you want to reach out to Jagriti, if you want to check out her work, if you want to enroll um, in her cohort, then I'll provide a link below in the description. You can reach out to her via that link. Also, guys, don't forget to rate this podcast. It'll push me work hard. It'll put it'll push me to work harder and bring the best edgy content for you. Um, any last notes, Jagariti? Uh, yeah, I would say that try everything. <laughs> I mean, that's where I am right now. So if there is anything that you want to do and you have kind of said that, you know, I will do this thing once I do that, um, it's a sham. It's not going to happen. I remember growing up, there was this joke that, you know, when we were kids, we were told that uh, pass your 10th and that is when you'll have fun. Then we were told that, you know, graduate from your 12th standard and that is when you'll have fun. Then people said that do your college, then you'll have fun. Then do your job, then you'll have fun. Then uh, get married, you know, things like that. And that's, that's really true. Uh, it's my birthday month. And sometimes, you know, there was, it actually started, all this actually started from a last, last birthday. And I'm so glad I actually took a step because last birthday, I was cutting my cake and I was thinking, what am I, like, wh how did I reach here? I've built a company, which I honestly, I did not even want to build in the first place. Like, I, I'm really grateful for it, but that was not the plan. I, all I wanted was to paint and how did I reach here, right? So I would say that take that one step. Maybe it's not easy for you to just, I'm never going to say that, just throw away everything. That's not even what I did. I had my cohort, my coaching, et cetera, on the background to support me financially. But if there is anything that you really think that, you know, you really want to do from the bottom of your heart and you feel sad or guilty for not doing it, not for anybody else. If there's something that you want to do for yourself, art is something which I do for myself. It's one thing where I feel that I am closest to God because anything, even if I'm making a mistake, I can correct it. I just have to put a white paint and I can start over. You know, that powerful is how I feel when I'm making art and any opinion doesn't matter when I'm making art, right? So if there is anything like that, could be music, could be writing, could be podcast, like you are doing Himanshi, anything at all, just do something about it. Just try it out but really just like you know do something about it life is never going to be ideal it's never going to be perfect you just have to start and once you start doing it you'll realize oh shit why didn't I start earlier right so um, I see I talk to my parents a lot they are like one of my best friends and this is what they also tell us that uh, my dad is learning music after his retirement and he tells me that I wonder like you know how much I would have learned or how much more I would have gained in terms of my growth if I had learned music earlier. So that's what, right? So start now, start early and um, it's going to be great. All the best to everyone, to you, Himanshi, to everyone who is listening and yeah. Okay, so you indeed made this uh, episode a special one because I'm realizing <laughs> that guys, 
we have literally taken a free session uh, of uh, career counseling or coaching and emotional <laughs> intelligence coaching for absolutely free from jagriti <laughs> and uh, yeah i mean who doesn't love freebie so that's that's awesome no okay uh now i'll i'll say that okay now i'll just wind up this podcast because it's more than an hour and we have had an amazing conversation with you jagriti also guys do check out the podcast description for the giveaway details i'll be sharing them over there and i'll see you in the next episode adios thank you so much thank you imanshi for uh, calling me and giving me this platform and i've actually talked about things which you know within a close like with all my friends or the people who are near to me my students i do talk about these things uh, once in a while in close spaces but i've never really talked about these things so thank you so much for uh, asking such insightful question and giving me this platform and i wish you all the best and uh, yeah we will maybe do something like this very soon and thank you so much for having me it was such a pleasure thank you so much jagriti i am glad that it turned out to be a special episode for you too so maybe it it's like a lucky chance episode and let's see how it turns <laughs> out all right yeah. See you soon hopefully nice. neighbor <laughs> Yes